You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to On the Bench, an instant reaction edition where Chris Nee and myself, Brendan Sinone, will discuss FSU's 2022 schedule, which was just released on the ACC network. We got it finalized. You can check it all out on Knowles 24-7 as we put the actual schedule up there. Chris had it out already, so good to go there. But Chris, before we get into the schedule, a, a couple of yeah, a couple of, of housekeeping uh, items here. First off, Ron Dugans, wide receiver coach and defensive line coach Odell Higgins have been extended by FSU. Uh, they have signed contracts. We do not have the exact details of the contract extension, both length uh, and amount. But uh, but that's the news of the evening outside of the schedule. It's some that we expected, uh, but it's official now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the thing there that's going to cause people to talk is Dugans. Uh, we have some reason to believe it may only be a one-year extension with him. Obviously, we're waiting for official word from Florida State with regards to that um, as far as getting a contract, which we've requested multiple times. I requested, in fact, again today before we get the statement from FSU. Um, but, yeah, we, I mean, we covered it pretty well. He attempted to make a coaching hire that likely would have impacted Dugan's. Did not happen. Jawan Sider is one name that obviously was discussed a great deal. There were a few others that we know he spoke to. Do not know about job offers necessarily being extended. But I think at the end of the day, it came down to didn't feel like they could upgrade it. So they stuck with what they know, what they have. And obviously, they're hoping for better returns this coming year than they had this past year. Yeah, I think that's the – I mean, the the wide receiver development and production and recruiting had people already pretty antsy. And then when you see what the actual recruiting was in the early signing period where you get shut out, I think that just added to the fan angst with, with Ron Dugans and stuff because he's an alum, a really well-respected former player, and uh, had been a pretty well-respected coach in the industry as well. Uh, had good stops at USF, at Louisville. Decent stop at Miami before coming home to Florida State. I think the big thing, though, Chris, is like you said, we have pretty good belief that Mike Norvell did look at maybe, I guess, quote unquote, upgrading the uh, upgrading some of the, the coaching staff positions and looked at potential running back spots and wide receiver spots. Neither one would have impacted Ron Dugans either directly or indirectly, um, and that ends up not happening. So. You know, ultimately, Mike Norvell opts to not go too far down the line and says, you know, through his actions, continuity might be more important than making a hire or making a change just to make a change. I do anticipate, though, Chris, that that this once we get details of the contract, I don't think it's going to be a long two or three year one. I think it may just be a one year extension based on what we've heard in the last week or so. Yeah, and I, I get the hand wringing over it. I, I don't really disagree with people's uh, concerns and issues with it. I think Ron easily could have been replaced after the early signing period when he went over at the position out of high school ranks. I think that's completely a fair argument. That position also really has not been developed very well nor produced very well. So 
There's not a whole lot of reasons to point to and say it. All that being said, I like Ron Dugans personally, but I like FSU more. Um, it is what it is in the sense of, you know, it kind of makes a statement on where FSU is with their ability to hire coaches, I think, to some degree. But I think that speaks more to results on the field than anything else. I don't want to turn that statement into more. I think it's fact that FSU is, what, 8-13 and 13 over the first two years of the Mike Norvell era. It doesn't exactly evoke the belief that it's a really sturdy, solid standing for somebody to enter into as a coach. You know, is a coach want to come to FSU in year three of Mike Norvell and feel mm-hmm. confident that they're guaranteed more than this coming year. I think that's some of the issue that probably presented itself when they went in the search mode of replacing potentially Ron Dugans. Yeah, I think that's something that the fan base is going to have to kind of come to terms with. And I think we're, we've seen that a few times already this offseason with, say, filling the GM role. Um, and then with Dugans and even some other off-field support staff stuff, is it's not as attractive as a job as it was a year ago or the year before that. And I think a lot of that is people are – in the industry kind of waiting to see what happens with Mike Norvell and on-field results. It makes sense. You want, you know, it's not always just about the prestige of a program, the the logo, we talk about those things, but if someone's going to move their family, uh, uh, they want to make sure that's going to be a place that they're stabilized for a few years. We met, we dealt with that with like Kendall Bryles. Like he, he was someone that felt bad that he was moving around year after year after year. That's when the Miami stuff came up just recently. I was like, no, nah, he's in a pretty good spot at Arkansas. I don't think he's moving laterally semi-laterally whatever you want to get into that um we got to remember these guys have families and they don't want to relocate all the time necessarily so someone like Jawan sider who has like i think kids in high school like you know it's something that that they're going to weigh so anyways uh the only other thing i want to talk about real quick before we get into the schedule breakdown chris is bruce warwick got i, I guess it's it's a promotion it's, it's a new title for sure yeah, they, they referenced it as a promotion. Okay. I don't think his duties are going to change a great deal. I think potential hires for FSU football may take away some of the things he's had to do in the past and spread the wealth a little bit. But I don't think it's a drastic departure from what he's been as the previous title since his arrival with uh, Mike Norvell a couple of years ago. All right, so let's get into the schedule. The ACC Network put it out. We got it up on Knowles247.com. Uh, but before like we get into the go, I want to go just date by date, but the big news to this, Chris, and we'll work our way backwards. We'll Tarantino it here uh, to start off with this is FSU Florida is November 25th. That means it is not the day after Thanksgiving. It is on Black Friday, uh, something that caused a little bit of a stir among the fan base. I'm not I, I, I know people are traditionalists. I like that. It's kind of on the Black Friday. I feel like it feels more like it's in line with the holiday of Thanksgiving that it, you don't have that that weekend. Uh, that day in between. Uh, so I'm a fan of it. What about you? You're more of a purist and FSU diehard than I am. So what are the, the thoughts on, on it being non-traditional here? I didn't see the need to move it personally. Um, I think it also with the way travel to Tallahassee is, especially with travel being complicated here in recent years and recent months since things opened back up, it, it's not particularly easy. I think to get to Tallahassee and to be here the day before when things are shut down, I, I just think there's a lot of logistics there that I think could be difficult. Now, the reason I think they did it is to give it a bit more of a bright light upon mm-hmm. it, you know, make it the only show in town to some degree compared to just a few other games on that day as compared to a loaded slate on Saturday. I'm not all that worried about it. It doesn't impact me personally, but I, I think that's where the complaints are going to come from is the ability to get to FSU, to Tallahassee, the ability to kind of enjoy that time of year with family while also balancing football 
I think that complicates things for some people. I've seen a few local business, either owners or representatives to social accounts tweet out that they don't love the way the schedule has unfolded for local businesses. I am reading between the lines. I assume that this game being on a Friday probably is, is part of that. It's one less day in town potentially for people. Uh, it's on a Black Friday where you know people are, are probably out shopping but not necessarily stopping in restaurants and, and whatnot, doing more mall stuff. So, yeah, I, I get it, but... Uh, from a perspective of being able to make it prime time and and have it on the day after Thanksgiving, I'm I'm cool with it. It does kind of impact my war on I four uh, viewing, but what are you going to do? So let's get into the schedule, Chris. Saturday, August 27th, season opens up. It's week zero for FSU. This was already known. FSU versus Duquesne. We putting we putting in a win there, buddy. One and all Knowles. Yeah, I feel pretty good about FSU's chances against the Mighty Dukes. I think all they right. got a real good chance there. So. Uh... Earliest FSU will have ever played in Doug Campbell, apparently. I saw that. I believe that was via FSU. Nice. So let's move on then. The next week we get at LSU, although it is in New Orleans. It's no longer the Superdome, is it? No, It's the Caesars Superdome. Superdome, not the Mercedes Superdome. So we're Caesars Sport Motoring. All right, so that's September 4th. Right now, both FSU and LSU are loaded up in the transfer portal. We have to make these crazy predictions way out, which I know people want. Uh, I'm going to go with probably an FSU loss. Until they prove that they're ready to win this kind of game, i got to go L here for FSU. Yeah, you want to talk about two football teams that are going to look a heck of a lot different than they did 12 months before. Um, this game might be it. You know, LSU is loaded up in the portal. I don't know what the count ended up at, but Brian Kelly had about 10 guys commit about a 10-day period from the portal. Obviously, FSU's added 10 from the portal. FSU's team's drastically different looking going into next year than it was even last year, and certainly compared to two years ago. Uh, if we're going just straight win-loss, I'd probably pick FSU to lose that one, with it being in New Orleans in their backyard so early in the season. I, I think LSU's roster is still probably ahead of FSU's roster. More cringy, Brian Kelly with the slow-mo recruit video or fsu's uh hip-hop oh brian kelly by country mile <laughs> not not even close right no. a country mile yes a, con- a country accent mile no oh we get exceeded the fake uh, yeah con- I, okay. I follow you but that's more cajun than country right isn't that what he was going for i don't i mean i think that's what he was going for it's definitely not the <laughs> accent that it came up i don't know what he came out with but uh brian kelly a lot of cringe-worthy moments so far. Saturday, September 10th is a bye for FSU. So do you want to break it down real quick, Chris, what the, the bye week FSU gets two byes this, this year and the reason why? Uh, because they're playing that week zero game against the Dukes on August 27th. That provides them the opportunity to have two byes within the season because they're starting essentially a week earlier than a vast majority of college football. I think FSU and one other ACC team, I forget who it is, but I think they're playing FAMU, whoever it is both play on that August 27th date. Um, And then everybody else basically opens up September 1st to 5th. The ACC actually has games every day, September 1st to the 5th. So that provides the opportunity for two buys. FSU gets one here and another one plugged kind of firmly in the middle of the schedule. Yeah, I think the bye weeks end up kind of falling out nicely. Like when someone had asked me about a week ago what I wanted the schedule to look like, I actually kind of shook out fairly similarly. I think I had the bye like would have been week four or three, but not too far from this. I thought an earlier buy would make sense, especially after the early start when uh, you're working out some kinks still. You're playing so early in the season that having a little bit of time to kind of recalibrate, <clears throat> excuse me, may, may not be such a bad thing. So yeah, you get a bye saves, week. Saves you from a short week too. 
Yeah, and that's the next thing. So FSU begins ACC play in a stretch of some semi-difficult games, but but more so I think it's the margin for error in the conference <laughs> as you get into conference play here is razor thin because it's five Atlantic Division opponents in a row, and it gets going on Friday, not Saturday, Friday, September 16th, FSU at Louisville. So uh, I, I like off the bat there, Chris, that you don't have to have a short week right? So you get the, you get the time off and then you travel to Louisville. And then I also love that you get that Saturday to enjoy bourbon. Well, of course you would. (laughs) So FSU 16 and six all time against the mighty Cardinals. They've lost their last two against them, including their last trip there. Um, What do I think of Louisville this coming year? I I, I don't know what to make of that program under (laughs) Satterfield. I I feel like I like Scott Satterfield as a coach. I think he's a very good X's and O's football coach. But I think that thing's been really mismanaged there in the sense of getting buy-in and having the program. And obviously there's been a ton of upheaval for the university as a whole with AD changes and president changes. So I just don't know what to make. I thought Louisville was going to kind of crash and burn last year. FSU probably should have helped them along in that, but they did not in Tallahassee when they lost that game where they just didn't play very well. I think FSU can beat Louisville based on what they look like on paper and where that program feels like it's at. So you're going with a the win there? Uh, yeah, I'll go with a win there. I am too. They bring back Malik Cunningham, but they lose a lot of, of skill talent on offense. And yeah, I feel like FSU, you know, if, if Jordan Travis plays last year, uh, and you didn't have the entire team with a flu, I, I think that's – oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. That was NC State. That's my bad. That was the but Jordan Travis did not play against Louisville. The Louisville game was Louisville kind of taking it tore. to FSU for a first half and then yeah. tightened up in the second half. And then they kind of figured some things out on defense and that kind of carried over. Uh, that was the game yeah, where McKenzie Milton just really had been tripped up by the field monster, turf monster. And uh and yeah, Louisville just basically sent three the entire game and, and was able to get pressure. It's not great. So I will have a win for FSU as well next week, Saturday, September 24th. So you actually get an extra day here this week to prep for pretty big game against Boston College. Yeah, and Phil's coming back for BC. So, of course, yeah, they're going to be able to throw it around the yard. They're going to be good offensively. Uh, You know, they're kind of, to me, the opposite of what Louisville is right now. I feel like they definitely have a direction and they have a coach who that team's kind of molded to being his team. Uh, but it, with it being in Tallahassee and it being BC, who seemingly sometimes finds a way to lose FSU, I'll go with a nut W for back-to-back wins for FSU. I will too, Chris, for the reasons you said. Uh, this does start a three-week span of just bullshit quarterback returning. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> go, go get your money. Go get money, guys. So ne- the next week is FSU versus Wake Forest, so another home game. Uh, so, so pretty like low travel, and the games you are traveling aren't super um, – inconvenient so far this stretch so fsu versus wake forest on october 1st yeah and another example of a quarterback coming back that kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit right yeah and you know wake's average age should drop by about a decade because they were about the (laughs) oldest team in college football last year so it's going to be interesting to watch him work his magic with kind of a younger roster um I don't know how to feel on that one. What, what which way are you going? You go. First? I'm going to go. I'm just going to go with an FSU win. Now these three wins in a row to start off the conference, you probably end up dropping one of them. But if I just had to pick them in a vacuum, I, I think I'd go FSU over 50 percent chance for all of them. Maybe I'm just being blindly optimistic, way way out. But I like gassing folks up here. But you know what? I actually feel like that's a good chance for FSU to get a win against a Wake Forest program that's been a better program in recent years. The issue is I don't feel real good about the next two weeks. 
Yep, me too. Coming up here. So you have to go uh, October 8th to NC State. Uh, sometimes fans will pour pee on players, apparently, right? Is that a thing? It's a very uncomfortable stadium, very tight corners. I believe I heard on the ACC show that FSU was four and six in their last 10 at Carter Finley. That doesn't surprise me. I think I've been to like eight or nine of those 10. Um, not a fun place to play. And Devin Leary also coming back. Dude, what are you guys doing, quarterbacks? Go get paid. Uh, I got a loss for Florida State. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hate it because I hate Dave Dorn, but yeah, me too. Everyone hates Dave Dorn. <laughs> <I> All right. <laughs> Next week, FSU versus Clemson, October 15th. So that's five games in a row against Atlantic Division opponents. And uh, is the home game. FSU played Clemson to the wire last year. Uh, they did show that bullcrap uh, lateral from Andrew Parchment uh, on the ACC network. That, that How'd that make you feel, Nee? I've moved on. Me and my therapist have worked through it. I don't need to talk about it anymore. I always appreciate them for four and 14 moving on. I got a loss for Florida state on this one. I, I don't think they're, I, I assume Clemson kind of rebounds a little bit. Yeah. I, I am very interested in what Clemson football will become this year. Are they going further down the downward spiral that looked like they were starting last year, which because of the fact we cover FSU, we, we got to see that up close and personal happen here in Tallahassee. Or is this a program where they kind of balance things back out, figure out some of the issues that plagued them last year? Maybe a changing in coaching will also inject some new ideas and such. It'll, it'll be interesting, but I, I'm going to pick up who's to lose that one. All right, we go into the bye week. Both of us picking the exact same records, the exact same opponents. FSU at four and three after seven games going into the second bye week. So would you feel good about that? Four and three through seven? Yes. I think I'd be okay. I'd be okay. extremely pleased. Well, I'm not extremely, but yeah, I'd be happy with that. Okay, so they're coming there's off the bye. Of those four that I'm picking to win, I feel like there's certainly a swing in there where it could easily be three and four as easily as four and three. Yeah, and then the other way, though, too, like I don't know if LSU is going to manhandle them. We'll see uh, exactly what they can do. They don't have a dynamic quarterback. Uh, they will have, probably have advantage with SEC trenches, but we'll see. And you have the warm-up game against Duquesne beforehand, too, which I think will be helpful. And then against Clemson, you did play them hard last year. NC State, reasonably, like I think you you could. I wish that wasn't on the road. Uh, but but you could win one of those three that we have losses at as well. So I, I'm they were kind of similar realm here. So coming off of the bye, October 29th, FSU versus Georgia Tech. Pencil me in. No, you know what, Chris? Pen me in. Win for Florida State. Take that, Jeff Sims. Just kidding, Jeff Sims. Good dude. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs ain't walking through that door, so that helps FSU's cause a great deal. Also, Georgia Tech's one knows where, you know, that's a coach who probably needs to win a lot this year to make sure he still has a job after this year. I think that program, as much as Georgia Tech can grow impatient, I think they have reached that point where Mm -hmm. things are with the development of the program. They were awful defensively last year. Georgia Tech was. Um, and Jeff like Collins is a defensive coach, which is how you get right. in trouble if you're not good at the thing you're supposed to be good at. I mean, we're talking about a game that is literally, no joke, nine months away from pretty much today. So God knows a whole hell of a lot is going to change for both of those clubs. But I don't feel good about who Georgia Tech is going into the season. I don't feel great about who FSU will be, but I feel better about them. I would pick FSU right now if you made me make a pick right now, but I feel like that's one of those games that we might be looking at two teams that look a good bit different than what we know of them today. I am making you do a pick right now. It's exactly what we're doing for this entire – I don't like peer pressure, but whatever. I'll play your games. (laughs) November 5th, FSU at the U at Miami. Dude, I – 
I, I got a feeling that I mean, I think it'll be a fun atmosphere, but I think I think Miami's going to come out pretty hot, and uh, we'll see what happens. If Mario has a play caller for Tyler Van Dyke, we'll see by then. But uh, I do think Miami will win this one. I think Miami will be more talented still at this point in the program's development, and they'll have uh, the quarterback with more upside. So I'm going to go with the U on, at home. Yeah, I'm of similar thought, you know, especially with it being at Miami. It's a rivalry game, though, so it's going to be fun as hell, and weird things are going to happen, and, you know, someone's going to come out of nowhere and do something big. just matters for which team that is. But, yeah, I'm, yeah I think Van Dyke, yeah. There's always a chance he kind of hits a slump coming off such a good year with so much accolades and things built up and having to deal with new coaches and maybe one day learning of a new coordinator for him to play for. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I think Van Dyke's a talented cat. I think Miami's got some nice offensive pieces returning. Obviously, you have to replace some like Rambo, for example. Uh, I still think Miami's better of the two rosters. I agree. I yes, agree. I'll, I'll go with, with Miami for a win. Sorry, better roster, and you know I love me some J Trap, but I think Van Dyke's got more potential. So, but better quarterback, better roster, home team. I feel like that's fairly easy to pick. Uh, let's see, November twelfth, FSU at Syracuse. Thank God, Chris, mid-November uh, that that game is indoors. It won't be a sweat box like last time you were there. Oh, that was awful too. Was that last time you were there? Or two times ago. That was two times ago. Last yeah. time, there's always something weird weather-wise with Syracuse. It was snowing one one year. It was like really warm, and then left, and it was snowing, uh, and it was a wind tunnel in there. I think we let the dome air pressure out by accident. I think the dome collapsed after we left. I'm not entirely sure. Well, if you hang around late enough after that game, you might see him put the basketball floor back down on the football field. Oh, I'm. Um, I will take FSU for a win at Syracuse. Um, All right. Me too. I, I love me from fight, fighting Dinos. Uh, I'm a fan of the guy, but I don't. I don't know if he can uh, do it. I don't. So, I truthfully, I don't know enough about Syracuse right now to make a jump on that one. I just think FSU is a better program, and I think FSU is going to be in a position where they really need to get another win. Is Schrader coming back? Is he back to quarterback, or did he go? Did he exhaust eligibility? That banana. That weird guy eating bananas without or with the skin. Weirdo. With the skin on. Jesus. I can't remember. He was a Mississippi State transfer. He was at mm-hmm. Mississippi State, what, two or three years? And then Syracuse for one. So he may still have eligibility. Uh, you know, uh, this weird thing called the internet. I'm going to check real quick. I'm looking it up. It's not easy to Are find. Okay. I mean, homie declaring for the NFL draft. So I'm just trying to see if he has eligibility. Uh, you you keep Googling it, and I'll and I'll ride the show here. So we finish up with ACC play predictive. Yeah, he still has eligibility. He was only more right. in 2021. So, so, so. Pretty much playing all returning quarterbacks this year. That's yeah. not great. Uh, I got FSU at 5-3 and three in conference. Chris, you have FSU at 5-3 and three in conference. We've picked the exact same games uh, the same way so far. We're not really deviating. This is great radio. It's really going to be exciting for people to basically hear you guys <laughs> saying the same things. I agree with you, Chris. I agree with you, Brendan. November, I was going to... Uh, this is 19th, November 19th. Well, I was going to say, Bud and, Ingram, Bud and Ingram always uh, lament the fact that they agree with each other so much. So we're just following in of uh, another the tradition of another FSU podcast, brethren. November 19th, FSU versus Louisiana. Is that the Raging Cajuns? That's the Raging yep. Cajuns, right? First ever mm. meeting for the Seminoles with the Raging Cajuns. Oh, and it's like Billy Napier's old team right before FSU plays Billy Napier too, right? Look at you just writing the storylines right now. Wow. Late January and you're just getting ahead of yourself. All right. So uh, FSU has struggled with some lower tier you know, G5 teams from Louisiana in the past. But you know what? I, I think you know, they're, they're in end of season form. They got everything kind of figured out like they did 
this past year. I'll go with an easy win for Florida State. Relatively easy win for Florida State. How many players from Louisiana transferred to Florida? A, a few? I don't know. I think it was like a handful. Yeah. Um, six. Louisiana has been really good the last two years. So, like, yeah. I don't want to, you know, undercut them. I think they're, what, they're 23-2, and two, I think, over the last two years. Is that right? They only have like two or three losses the last yeah, three. Yeah, I think it's twenty three and two over the last two seasons. That's mighty impressive. That's a good football club. I'm going to go full homer and pick FSU to win, but again, this is a team that I've just not invested time in diving into. With the portal the way it is these days, I don't. I used to seasons would wrap and I'd be like, these guys are leaving for the pros. These guys are coming in from the high school ranks, and these select guys in that class can probably play for these teams. Now with the portal, it's sort of a waste of time and effort to do any of that before the spring semester starts. And truthfully, I don't really in dive, dive into teams until spring ball. Mm-hmm. When spring ball wraps up, I kind of look at what came from spring, who who did well, who performed well, who surprised, and maybe who did not, who got injured, who made a part. And then you obviously have another of a transfer season that changes teams. But it's just so funny because I used to love it right after bowl season kind of diving in. This is what teams in the league are going to look like. This is what teams that FSC is going to face. Certainly Florida every year. This is what I expect them to look like. And I, I just don't kind of waste the time anymore because it's so ever-changing. Roster management has become such an altered thing in college football. Yeah, and like you said, even that second – like there's another wave of transfers that's going to come. So even if we could start – delved into it a little bit in the spring like look at like dylan gibbons came in 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 what june july for for florida state and he was FSU's yeah. best offensive lineman one of the most important players uh, frankly of of the season so yeah we're gonna go through spring here and see if fsu's receivers are any better because of the four transfers they brought in if that truly has changed things at all for them and that probably changes the outlook on the season because you feel mm-hmm. like the offense can take a another step, be more well-rounded, be a little bit more what you picture in your mind of Mike Norville offense wants to be if you got some wide receiver weapons, something we haven't had around these parts really in the last couple of years. And then defensively, you, you want to see if Tatum Bethune takes the middle of that field to a different level than it's been the last couple of years. You want to see how the secondary rounds out. You want to see how Jared Verse handles the upgrade and level to this level, how quickly that transition goes for him as well as others. It's just, there's so many if and or buts that you kind of got to figure out between now and, you know, April, what, 9th is that the spring game? Yeah, I think it's April 9th, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. April 9th at 5 p.m. So, yeah, there's so much just from an FSU perspective you got to figure out. Now take that and replicate it over 12 teams on the schedule. And, you know, there's a lot of that. Florida's got a lot of transfers. Louisiana had a lot of people transfer out. LSU's had a ton of transfers in. There's so many teams that will look so drastically different. Well, there's also teams, you know, like the BCs, the NC States that have a lot of guys returning that we've talked about that will look somewhat similar to what we expected them to be last year and what they did turn out to be. So the last game of the regular season here, folks, go ahead. If you're watching, if you want to participate, feel free in the comment section to throw in what you think the win-loss record will be the way too early. Way, 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 way too early when as Chris just outlined there. And we'll make our picks here. So Christopher and I. Looking at this right now, we are at the exact same games apiece. One win, two win, three win, four win, five win, six win, seven wins, and one, two, three, four. Seven and four right now, Chris, going into the rivalry game against Florida. So FSU's made a bowl game based on our prognostication right now. We've never been overly optimistic once in the last four or five years covering this team. So round of applause for FSU. You guaranteed yourself of a bowl game. 
All right. <laughs> All right. Are they going to stop the current streak against Florida, Chris? Are they going to get a little revenge from this past year's, like what could have been? Hmm? Hmm. I'm going with a Are no. Feeling- oh. I'm going with a no on that for now. But again, after my little tangent there about transfers in, different looking teams, here's an example of a different coach. Very, very different coach. I think we're departing Dan Mullen, offensive genius, to Billy Napier, who's a little bit more well-rounded, does things a little bit differently, and it will be very, very interesting to see what Florida looks like. Yeah, I, but I, I still think Florida's a better football team, disappointingly. Okay, TJ, friend of the show, friend of us, has FSU 34, UF 21. Whoa, so he's got him kicking a little butt there. I will go with FSU winning this. I think it's time. I think that yeah, they get, it being at home, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere if it is going to be a, a primetime kick, which we presume if you're having it on Black Friday, it will be. So um, I'm going to go Florida State here. I think the talent gap is closed a little bit. I think the, the bottom of the roster is better than where it was a year ago, and that will allow you to kind of um, – withstand the rigors of the season if you're fairly healthy if jay trav takes a step as i think he will if he's healthy that's a big part of this by the end of the season i'll go with florida state man so what that? was the primetime game on friday this year after thanksgiving do you remember uh you ucf and usf played but i think that was 3 p.m uh was it the egg bowl isn't the egg bowl usually on Let's that see. friday I'm looking at the schedule on ESPN. It doesn't actually list by time, but I believe it's still in the order of when games kick. So working from the latest game of that day, Washington State at Washington makes makes sense, West Coast game. TCU at Iowa State, UNLV at Air Force Academy, Coastal Carolina at South Alabama, USF at UCF, which was – was that an evening kick or was that a midday? It was like a 3 p.m. kick. All right, so you had a handful of late games after that. But, you know, TCU, ISU, which wasn't much of a game, was – somebody said the Egg Bowl. I think the Egg Bowl was early this year. Yeah, it was definitely at nighttime when that guy pretended to piss oh, no. in the, the end Oh, no, the Egg Bowl was on Thanksgiving this year. It was on Thursday. Was it? Okay. Yes. Yes, it was not on Friday. I was looking at the Friday games from this past year. I mean, the if I'm Florida State in Florida and I've moved this game to Friday, like I think there's got to be some assurance from ESPN that it's going to be a really good slot, right? Like I think that's something you kind of – One would hope. One, yeah, you would hope that would be good business for you to do. So, uh, oh, Jason says it was on Thanksgiving last year. So you're right, Jason. Um, Chris was yeah, right as well. Was, yes. Yeah. All right. So I went with an optimistic eight and four. I mean, I think right now, again, with this being incomplete, Chris, like I think six to eight wins is probably the realm you're swimming in. I guess maybe five. But I think FSU continues to make gradual progress under Mike Norville, whether it's the point everyone feels good about it. I don't know. I think if you hit eight wins, you feel pretty good. Uh, so I went with a very optimistic eight wins here. That's on the high side, I think, of, of what they could hit. But I do think that's realistic. I think we just laid out like it's not impossible uh, for you if, if you grow on what you did this past year. You went with seven and five, which yes. I think that's I think that's the ultimate sweet spot, Chris. I think that, that probably is the most likely landing spot for FSU if you're being realistic. Yeah, so that, and that's it. You know, we'll we'll tap back into this idea after the spring, and then probably again later in the summer, and you know. Around August 25th, we'll probably solidify where we think it's going to turn out. We'll tell you guys five to six wins is likely. And then when they win five games with a chance for the six, you'll get mad at us and tell you that we misled you. Not that I'm petty and remember everyone being crazy at one point in the last season. 
So, hey, if you want to get more of me, I'm about to do bourbon on a budget. Got my bourbon poured out, but I want it to be stone cold sober for this episode. So we're ready to go. Chris, we're going to do some Balcones Texas whiskey. You enjoy you're, that? You're off, you're off the brown the brown liquor, aren't you? Uh, I have a good bottle out there that I need to crack open. I just haven't had a Ooh, reason tell to. Me? I may, January was a busy month. February is a little bit slower for me, so maybe I'll do it now. What, what bottle? Uh, the Decadence. Uh, I mentioned the, it to you. When the we Widow Jane? Michael, yeah. When we were talking <laughs> to Alfred, I mentioned that to you. TJ. TJ loves uh, a Widow Jane Decadence. We actually have a recurring guest on our Bourbon on a Budget show called Joe Decadence because he gave us uh, samples of Widow Jane Decadence one time before. It's very sweet. So brace yourself, Chris. But Chris is like sweet. I just won't I won't shoot it. The last time I did that, it came out my eyes. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that. What concert was that for? Uh that wasn't a concert. That was actually before a football game many years ago. Oh, we won't talk about that one. All right. <laughs> for for all the bets, I Brendan Sinone. Chris needs to join me. We've had some fun doing a rapid instant reaction to the 2020 schedule. 2022 schedule. God, Chris, say it. Stick in the landing. End it for me. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Share your predictions too. Please.